This is Nature Notes, our look at the natural world in West Texas, from the prairies of Llano Estacado to the borderlands of the Chihuahuan Desert. I look to the mountain, the psalmist of the Bible says, speaking for many of us. Our eyes are drawn to summits, mountain peaks have enthralled humankind across cultures and ages. Modern Texans are no exception. At 8,751 feet, Guadalupe Peak in Guadalupe Mountains National Park is the state's highest point, and thousands come each year to ascend the top of Texas. But as the park celebrates its 50th anniversary on September 30th, Superintendent Eric Leonard would lead us down less trafficked trails. Here we encounter the remarkable story of this Texas wilderness, a story that encompasses and surpasses its signature summit. From Marfa Public Radio and the Sibley Nature Center in Midland, this is Nature Notes. I'm Dallas Baxter. Rains have come to the Guadalupes, and their soaring eastern escarpment is wreathed in mist as Leonard sets off on the McKittrick Canyon Trail. Guadalupe Peak has become, for better or worse, a monomaniacal focus. It's worth noting that in the creation of the park, that was always a, oh, and here's this too. It was never the focus. So we're walking in McKittrick Canyon this morning. McKittrick Canyon, the geologic resources and values of the place, and then the ecosystem preserved in the canyon are the heart of the park. They're the reason the place was seen as park-worthy. This hidden sanctuary where clear waters flow through a mountain amphitheater and desert plants grow amidst maples and pines was gifted to the American people by a notable American. Wallace Pratt was among the first to apply the science of geology to what had been the gambler's enterprise of petroleum exploration. It made him a wealthy man. Canyon visitors hiked to his rustic retirement home, Pratt Cabin, and hear his narration on an interpretive video at the trailhead. Pratt's donation was the nucleus of the park, and it's right to honor the native Kansans' contribution, Leonard says, but there's an equally important story that's gone largely untold. We, we talk about Wallace Pratt here, not as well as we could, but for a, most of the half century, we've been quite frankly terrible at talking about the hunters and the hunter legacy to our own detriment, because the hunters are Texans. Jesse Coleman Hunter Sr. first acquired land in the Guadalupes in the early 1900s when he was Van Horn's school superintendent. After his death, his son, J.C. Hunter Jr., assumed stewardship of the 70,000-acre Guadalupe Mountain Ranch. Both hunters envisioned this land as a national park, and they managed it that way. The family didn't share Pratt's wealthy status, and the hunters grazed goats for income. But they excluded livestock from the most fragile areas, including the entirety of the McKittrick Canyon watershed. In his 1967 book, Farewell to Texas, U.S. Supreme Court Justice and conservationist William Douglas described a visit with the hunters and their ranch foreman, Noel Kincaid. Over barbecue in McKittrick Canyon, the Texas ranchers shared their vision of the Guadalupes as a mountain fastness to remain forever raw, roadless, and undeveloped. And they talk about, you know, this future park that's going to happen, this should be a place where people can get into trouble and then get out of it. And those West Texas men in the mid-20th century, they didn't use the word wilderness, but that's what they're talking about. The hunters sold their land to the federal government in the late 60s. Their vision would be fulfilled. In 1964, President Lyndon Johnson signed the Wilderness Act. It created the legal category of wilderness as a place with outstanding opportunities for solitude and primitive recreation 
where no industrial development will take place and the imprint of man's work is substantially unnoticeable. The Guadalupes are Texas' oldest and largest designated wilderness. Leonard says some visitors are frustrated to discover there's no scenic drive through the park, though he notes for scenic drives, it's hard to beat the approach to the Guadalupes on Highway 54 from Van Horn or from El Paso at sunset. But many trails here are brutally steep and rugged, and that can make this wilderness seem exclusive. Yet a standout chapter in the park's history argues otherwise. Forty years ago, in July 1982, five men set out to summit Guadalupe Peak in a unique ascent. These men were doing it in wheelchairs. Affiliated with Paraplegics on Independent Nature Trips, or POINT, they intended to raise funds and awareness for the West Texas Rehabilitation Center. What was envisioned as a two-day ascent became five. Two men had to drop out. The grit and exertion involved are awe-inspiring. One of the men, to get over large rocks, I mean, he literally had a nylon rope or tie to his wheelchair, and he would pull the chair behind him by his teeth. That tenacity, again, what is wilderness? It's a place for people to challenge them, you know, make sense of what they're capable of in a natural environment. The district ranger on duty was a man named John Jarvis, who later became National Park Service director in the Obama administration. One of the climbers had lost his legs while serving in Vietnam. Jarvis contacted the Fort Bliss Army base. When the three men reached the peak, an Army helicopter met them to fly them off the mountain. The ascent became a national story and fueled the disability rights movement. And looking back, little old Guadalupe Mountains, you know, this wilderness in West Texas, you know, nobody's ever heard of. That was a transformative moment for disability rights in the United States. It doesn't by itself lead to anything, but it helps raise a conversation about what people are capable of and our assumptions around that. And, and that's extraordinary. As with every place, there are darker stories here as well. The park wouldn't exist without the Pratts or the Hunters, but not every landowner shared their perspective. Near where the main visitor center is now, Walter and Bertha Glover operated the Pine Springs store for decades. The Park Service seized their land through eminent domain while allowing them to finish their lives there. After their deaths, the Glover's daughter fought unsuccessfully to keep the store. That, too, became a national story. Creation of parks is a, is a good thing, but nothing comes without cost. And we should talk about that. And, and that's one of the reasons I mentioned the Glovers, is that didn't go well. And I don't know that it could have gone better. The Guadalupe's natural history is singular. But as the park celebrates 50 years, Leonard says the heart of the matter is what this place has meant and continues to mean to people. At the end of the day, there's a fundamental truth, a series of fundamental truths that all arc into this idea. National parks are about people. You know, we can preserve this landscape, but who are we preserving it for? We're preserving it for people. And, you know, wilderness, we're preserving wilderness. Who are we preserving it for? People. Without people, these places have no value, have no meaning. Nature Notes is supported by the Shield Airs Foundation. This episode was written by Andrew Stewart. I'm Dallas Baxter. Thanks for listening.